sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, spooksters and parastalkers and grand poopas and all the paralurkers out there and welcome to the Spooky Sunday Show with myself, Anne Rekovich and... Renata Daniel. Hi, everyone. Are you missing us yet? We've been gone for a week over to England. We're uh, somewhere... Oh, we're in Glastonbury tonight. Oh, nice. Mm. I, I can't wait. Actually, it's Glastonbury or have we... I think we've actually moved to our next location, oh. which I will reveal what that is shortly. Mm. But uh, if you've been enjoying our journey so far and been watching us on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment so that uh, the rest of the world will be jealous on what they're missing out on. Yes, and remember, if you want to catch up on any photos that we've taken, you'll find them on the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page. But also watch out for our live YouTubes because everything is going to go live directly to YouTube. And that's where you're going to catch our misadventures. And every single thing that we do is going to be on there. And everything we do normally ends up being a misadventure. <laughs> you can guarantee that. Absolutely. All right, Renata, do you have any paranormal news for us this week? Actually, I do. Oh, I do. fancy that. Yes. And guess what? Netflix has a new movie coming out. <gasps> what? What? Tell it, me. It's The Demon House. Oh, no, this isn't who yes, I think. Oh, it is. no. Yes, it is. Yes, Netflix it is. picked it up, did yes, they? Yes, yep, yep. So Netflix have snapped up the rights to a horror film based on a story of a real-life demonic possession that made international news a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real one for sure. Okay. So the case was made famous by Ghost Adventure star Zach Bagans, and we know we love that word. Oh, we do. I know that name, Zach. Zachary. As soon as we hear Zach Bagans, we're going, Oh, this is going to be juicy. And he dubbed this sinister property in Gary, Indiana, the Demon House, in his 2018 mockument- oh, documentary. Oh, oops, oops, that was a Freudian slip, wasn't Oops-y. it? <laughs> the same name. That was a shocking, shocking documentary. It was awful. I was ready to throw things at the screen. Oh, I was yelling at them. The whole way through, I was just yelling at them. And I'm thinking... Uh, People are looking at this and thinking, this is real. This is legit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, <sighs> it's been reported that the project, which Netflix forked out, check this out. Oh, no. $65 million. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. $65 million 65, for that piece of shit. <laughs> $65 million will star Andra Day, Octavia Spencer, Glenn Close. Oh, God. Hang she's, on, what? Is this a movie? Yes, yes. Oh, so I thought they'd bought the, what he made and no, was no, putting them. No. They're making a freaking. They're making m- a new movie. With decent actors in it. Yeah, well, you know, Glenn Close, well, I don't know what's happened but to Octavia her. But Octavia is fabulous. Uh, Rob Morgan, Caleb McLaughlin, and Auna Janui Ellis. I don't know. And Junie? No, never mind. Ongenu? 
<laughs> Could be. Uh, Andra will play the role of Latoya Amons, who appeared in news reports in 2011 after claiming that her rented home in Gary, Indiana, was haunted. See, the penny's starting to drop for everyone now. You know exactly what movie this is or documentary. So Latoya and her three children claimed they witnessed paranormal activity, including disembodied footsteps, dark shadows and poltergeist activity and levitation. Now, as things worsened, the Ammons family, they t- for the Ammons family, they turned to the local Catholic church for help and the priest confirmed the house was haunted and performed several unsuccessful exorcisms in an attempt to help the family and clean the house. What, more unsuccessful exorcisms? Mm. Geez, they need to clean up their act. There's not many that are actually working, is there? No. Strange about that. Uh, which by this time was being described as a portal to hell. Oh, said that, that sells well, that title. Now, after a clairvoyant told the family that the house was haunted by no less than 200 individual demons. Who the hell was that clairvoyant? Oh, my God. Oh, they've, oh. they've had one too many <laughs> sip on the sassy juice, I'd say. The activity started to escalate to a point where Latoya's son was allegedly possessed. This resulted in Latoya calling 911 and the boy being taken to hospital where medical staff and members of his family witnessed him walk backwards up a wall. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, but we can't find any footage of that. No. The movie, which despite its real-life inspiration is being described as a fictional thriller, (laughs) will be directed (laughs) by Lee Daniels with production scheduled to begin later this year. There's no forecasted date for the movie's release at present. However, we do know that the movie won't be shot on location in the original Indiana yes, house. Yes, we do know that. As it was demolished was in 2016. Those. Now, I'm going to wonder if they're going to recreate the house because they have to rebuild it based on pictures. Will that attract those demons back into the house? Like a nest, a familiar nest? (gasps) Like a breeding wasp's nest? I know, I can feel a sequel coming on. (laughs) How close to reality the movie will be remains to be seen. Zach's 2018 film was widely described as a pseudo-documentary, a film or video production that takes the form or style of a documentary film but does not portray real events. Uh, hey, hang on. Hey, well, I think you hey. were right when you said mockumentary then. Yes. <laughs> One co- commentor, commenter. Co- yeah, co- yeah, commenter. Yeah. Yep. On Zach's approach was Dr. Barry Taff, who holds a doctorate in psychophysiology and was involved in another famous possession case, that of Doris Bither in 1974, which is the basis of another film inspired by actual events, the 1981 movie The Entity. Oh, Mm. so so what was that word he was? A psycho what? A psychophysiologist. Physiologist, okay. Yeah, psychophysiologist. And Dr. Taff described the case as fascinating, but questioned Zach's documentary style. In my professional opinion, Zach's film somewhat glossed over the real substance of this extraordinary case and chose to repeatedly talk of demons. (gasps) Fancy that! (laughs) It's not like Zach to talk about demons over and over and over. So while that orientation is interesting, it doesn't in any way help us learn more about what is really going on at this location and how the occurrence has transpired. Well, it's too late now, Dr. Taff. It would be more interesting to have spent much more time there during 
doing some detailed electromagnetic and geomagnetic mapping of the area, but that would have taken weeks of time. Yes, Fancy so. him going all scientific on Zach. Oh, poor old Zach. Don't, don't throw science at Zach. You'll, no. you'll start to drool because no. his brain will just not function. Um, yeah, I wonder then if this psychic that's come into the house mm-hmm. has said, oh, you've got demons in here, 200 demons or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that that's where the whole case started. Mm, don't know. Because we've seen this over and over in yes. in our True Hauntings podcast that generally how these stories start is somebody who claims they are a psychic or a medium will uh-huh. come into the home yep. and start um, saying, yo, you've got this here, you've got that, I can see a man with a tricorn hat, oh, oh mm-hmm. I can see a dark shadow figure, oh. mm-hmm. and they might actually not be psychics or mediums. They might just have a very vivid imagination and also be full of themselves. Could be. Could we, be. we just don't know. I mean, it could be true. And we, like with some of these uh, families too, they could be terribly religious as well. So even the thought of something dark and mysterious or demonic being around would literally send shivers through them. Mm. Uh, you know, they could be... Um, expelled from their local church, their yep. local community, and if the community uh, is an important part of their family, what happens to their kids when they go to school, all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. So they're, they're desperately trying to fix this. But 200 demons, goodness gracious me. You think, that's, you that's think the, somebody would have noticed before? That's the devil's legions. <laughs> that, that, uh, poor old Satan's got no one left down there. They're all up in that oh, bloody house. Oh, my God. <sighs> Anyway, so I thought that was an That's a interesting piece of news to share. Yeah. So look out for that one, everyone. We'll be going to the movies to see that. We will. We will. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. I think maybe we should watch it at home because I think we might be yelling at the TV again. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. So now my job is to let you know where the hell we're going to be this week. Yeah, where are we going to be, Anne? Well, we are heading out of Glastonbury. Out of Cornwall. Yeah, and uh, we are heading to a little town called Hay-on-Wye. Now, this is heading into Wales. Yes, it is. Where we cannot understand (laughs) any of the words and have no hope of pronouncing them. (laughs) Yes. Now, we went to Hay-on-Wye once before, didn't we? Yes, because we were we were staying at um, Baskerville Hall. Baskerville Hall, the yes, and when you hear Baskerville Hall, it is associated with Sherlock Holmes, or Arthur Conan and Doyle. Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> he has a photograph of himself yep. in one of the hallways there. Yeah, he used to go there regularly. He knew the family, yep. and that's where we stayed in the room, which had that beautiful, glorious bath with the swan head. <sighs> Gold swan mouthpiece, and it was in the middle of our lounge room and bedroom. <laughs> that was funny. Um, so we tried to get to stay there again, but it, once again, it was a little on the the middle to high end of the budget. So we decided we better just downgrade a little bit. But while while we were there last time, I wanted to try and find somewhere nearby. And I know how much Renata loves her books, and I love my books. And we discovered. I, I just searched towns nearby and then went to look for bookstores. Uh-huh. And Hay on Why came up as bookstores. And I went, oh, okay, well, we'll just do a little trip over there and we'll check out their bookstore. It's literally it's <laughs> literally 10 minutes, not yeah. even 10 minutes yeah. from where we were staying. But it's not a bookstore at Hay on Why, is it? No. 
Hey on Why is a bookstore. <laughs> Every shop is a bookstore. Is a bookstore. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it in my life. We we practically had to go and change our underwear in excitement. Yes. It was <laughs> Where do we go first? Oh my god. It's like a kid in a lolly shop. It was. And and it was also second hand books, which I love even more. Yes, because you find gold there. Yeah, sometimes you find little hidden treasures tucked away in the books. And you found a little treasure that you really, really wanted, but the price was a little bit high. Yeah, I think it was like a hundred pound or two hundred pound or something like that. And I just I went I I can't. It was a big book too. It was a thick book. Um Big and thick, just <laughs> just we like it for this particular type of book, yeah. and it was a book called Sex Magic. Yeah, and I thought, oh, I'm probably not going to do enough of that to make it worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and our our bags were particularly heavy by oh, then, Lord, and we'd yeah. already posted our books back from Glastonbury, yeah. and I thought, mm, I, I just don't have the shekels to yeah. do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I walked and left the. And I've regretted it every day since, just because I wanted to see what it was all about. <laughs> I I actually bought a book there as well, and it was Raymond, um, and it was a true story of a a, um, a ghost, um, the ghost of a uh, young man that was killed at war, and his father missed him so much, and a uh, this time a spirit medium came and sat with him and told him about this photograph where his son would appear in it and exactly where he was in the photograph and how he looked. And um, this father said, I don't have that type of a photograph. Um, and she sort of said, yes, you, you will have it, you will have it. And uh, he did find it and the, the son was in exactly the right place. Um, wow. And she actually told him that um, the son had died that he wasn't coming back from war. Oh no! So he he didn't know at that stage the no, son had passed. No, no. Oh, that's that's a tough one as a medium. Do you tell them these sorts of things or not? I'm not yeah. sure about that. But so um, yeah, we're gonna and we, that was one of the few places we had damn good clotted cream and scones. Yes. I remember it. I think we shared a plate, and I regretted that too. <laughs> I wanted one for myself. I know where that shop is, so I'm going for it. I think they had decent coffee too because it's hard to find good coffee when you're over there. Anyway, after Hay on Wise, so we've yeah. got a nice little Airbnb type thing there, um, which, uh, you know, those white buildings with the, the brown slats, yes. uh, Tudor-looking things. Yes. So it's a couple of hundred years old, like several hundred years old, uh-huh. and we've got it all to ourselves for the night, and it was a bargain. Nice. And I think we've got a continental breakfast free with it as well. Oh, that means there'll be some white bread and margarine. <laughs> yep. And no Vegemite. No Vegemite. There'll be some white bread, margarine, and some Marmalade. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, after that, we're going to head to the infamous Skirred Inn. Oh, and now, we did a uh, True Hauntings episode on the Skirred Inn. And we're going to be covering that in a little bit more detail further into the show. Yes. So we'll leave that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're heading to Sheffield. Yes. Now, this has got a bit of a story that happened uh, earlier this year where we, got in, we had a, a beautiful uh, follower Mm-hmm. That connected us with um, a very special place in Sheffield, yep. and um, a radio station that's there. Yeah, the BBC Sheffield had put up um, a message saying, 
check out this Airbnb. Yeah. And um, Madalena uh, sent it across to us. Mm-hmm. We contact. Uh, we we went. Oh my God, we are going to stay there. And we put that in the comments on BBC, BBC Sheffield. Next thing we know, we're getting a message saying, "Oh, we'd like to interview you if you're going to stay there." And went, "Okay." Next next minute. We're on um, BBC Sheffield Morning Radio. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it was just an opportune time because it was leading up to Halloween, I think, when we said we we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And we were actually looking at going in the October of this year rather than April. And we've moved it all forward. But he wants to catch up with us, so we've got to contact them and let them know that we're coming. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be staying in an Airbnb that is in the Sexton's Lodge of the Sheffield General Cemetery. But I've got more information on that too. And Renata, boy, do I have a surprise for you on this one. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. But you know what? But this this was one of our expensive... It is. Yeah. We're going to stay there two nights yeah. and um, I'm hoping to get back to Nottingham from there as well because I wanted to go back into Nottingham Forest. Yes. Because we got there when it was dark last time and we only got to walk in for about 20 minutes and we missed the big tree where mm-hmm. Robin Hood used to hang out and I'm mm-hmm. like, I mm-hmm. need to go back and yeah. I thought I'd never get back but we're going to get back. Yes, we are. But at this stage... We pick up the other travel companion. The other travel companion, Gail. Gail. <laughs> so we're, we're hoping she doesn't have too much luggage because we've got a small car. Uh, and we're going to pick her up at Sheffield and we're going to head to Pendle Hill. Yes. Oh, we're so excited. Now, this is another one that we did for True Hauntings. Yes. And we have the, the, the Pendle uh, which trials that all happened there, didn't we? Yes, yes. And there is another cemetery there where one of the um, people that was part of the witch trials is buried. And yeah. I want to go and lay some flowers on her grave. Oh, that would be beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like Oh, I just got goosebumps all over me, Renata. Yeah. I really like want it. to do that. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But also Lancaster Jail was there. Yes. So we're going to try and squeeze that in as well. We, we're actually in that area for two nights. We'll, we'll do it all. We'll, we'll, we will, because it's, we just have to. And the cemetery, I mean, you know, we're sleeping there. That in can the cemetery? Be done. That can be done. No, no, in Sheffield. Oh, it's in uh, Sheffield. No, yeah. Pendle Hill I'm oh, talking Pendle about. Hill, yeah. <laughs> well, we can sleep. We can sleep oh. in the cemetery at Pendle Hill. <laughs> might be a little <laughs> chilly. <laughs> Someone might tell us to move on, but, you know, until that happens, I'm happy to sleep I've there. got a feeling that they're pretty used to having people wandering in that cemetery <laughs> at night. Yeah, I'd say so. It looks like there's ghost hunting teams in there all the time. Yeah, so oh. that's that's going to be a really exciting leg. Yeah, and we, we've done Pendle Hill before, but it was on a, a group, um, one of those ghost hunting group weekends um, that was organised by a British um company and it was fabulous it was it was really really good yeah but we were sort of more on their timetable than our timetable so Mm -hmm. we'd like to like to do our own little bit of uh, leg work around there and then after we leave Pendle Hill we cross over into the borderlands of Scotland oh Oh. Oh, my heart oh my heart belongs to Scotland does it and England and Wales and Ireland. <laughs> Everywhere but Australia. <laughs> uh, we love uh, Australia. Uh, but it, it is nice to, to get out and go and do all these things and experience other cultures. That's right. 
As long as they don't get blown up while we're there. That's no. that's all I'm worried about at this stage. So that is what we have planned for the week coming. Mm-hmm. So this is starting as of tonight or tomorrow for you guys. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're watching the YouTube and uh, looking for photos on Facebook and a Renata Frightfully Good. We're talking to you about all the places that we're visiting on our trip to England, which we are currently on, but magically... Through the magic of technology, technology, we are also right here in the studio telling you exactly where we are and what we're doing and entertaining you while we are away. That's just magical. Oh, it is. It's must, magic. It must be the fairies. <laughs> you just said the <laughs> F word. <laughs> there you oh. go. All right, come on. Let's tell us now where are we going, Renata? So one of the places we're going to is the Skirred Inn. And if you want to know more details about it, so we're going to sort of just tell you a little bit about it during this um, segment. Um, But we did a whole True Hauntings um, podcast about it. So um, if you want to enjoy more information about that, head over to the True Hauntings podcast with Anne and Renata. I can't remember what episode it is, but never mind. You, you can find it. So the Skirred Inn, mm, interesting place. It is in the wilds of um, Scotland. No, it's in the, the wild. Uh, we, wales. wales, sorry. Wales, wild or wild, Somebody's sorry. Somebody's got to watch out, honest to God. <laughs> wild, wilds. 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 Oh, that was an awesome one. I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna pay that. Oh, oh I love geez, the, so I just love it when we're live so, like that. It was first mentioned on record in eleven ten. So the historic Skirred Inn is now over nine hundred years old and claims to be the oldest pub in Great Britain. And its history is part Welsh and part English. See, that's what got me a little bit discombobulated. So kings would have used the ancient mounting stone, which still... (laughs) To do what? (laughs) I bet they did. Is this how they made their babies? Oh, honey, I'm just going to go use the mounting stone. Come on, quick, (laughs) crack it out. Let's get on their horses. Oh, okay. Stop it. Um, yes, the mounting stone, which still sits in the forecourt to this day. Now, it's alleged to be the place where Welsh rebel Owain Glinder called Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. What was his a, name again? Owain, Owain Glinder. Glind- <laughs> <laughs> it's Glinder. <laughs> oh, my God. Called together his troops in the 14th century and where Judge Jeffreys, the hanging judge, began his illustrious career of execution. Oh, didn't we find out some juicy information about Judge Jeffreys? We did. (laughs) Oh, yes. You're going to have to listen to the True Hauntings podcast to find out about that. So the Skirred Inn inside is absolutely a ghost hunter's dream come true because it's just like this horrendous old, you know, um, mess inside, and you kind of go in, and you go, "Oh my God, I've, I have I have been um, transported into like the 14th century." That's what it kind of feels like. Yeah. 
Uh, and there is a beam in the Skirid Inn where it is said that people would have been hanged if they had done something wrong. So the hanging judge would come in and, of course, there wasn't a courtroom up there because it's in the wilds of Wales. Well, there was a courtroom up there. <laughs> well, there was a courtroom up there, but it was it was not a real courtroom. Uh, they just it was took a, a room. Yeah, they, that yeah. was to use sort of thing. Yeah. And obviously it was too cold outside to hang people, so, you know, they just used a beam inside. Chilly, chilly. Yeah, chucked a rope over it and away you go. And had the guy swinging. Bob's your now, uncle, so now, to speak. <laughs> in those days, they would leave someone hanging for quite some time um, and before they took him down. So I wonder whether they'd do the hanging and then go to the bar and have a few skulls. Have a few bevies, you reckon? Um, while this poor guy was hanging up above them, dead. Oh, I don't know. That might not be good because then they might have bits dropping on them. Mm. Now, there is also a, there was a cell that was used for the condemned man and he would spend his last night in there before facing his agonising death in the morning. I think they use it as a broom cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to have to go in and find where it is. That's where Harry lives. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Um, now, well, she's lost. So, a, she's lost a spot. We're, we're giggling too much. We need um, to stop this. Look, I really think that's all I want to say about the you know the the history of it. Other than it's old, and um, it was on one of those um, I guess pathways where a lot of people would have gone through. Yeah, uh, and it was a watering hole, literally. Yeah, and uh, and so. It was a place to drink, mm-hmm. and it's still a place to drink. And it's surrounded by um, the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, it's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah, many people go there to do hiking and to walk. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Skirid Inn is still open for the bevies and to make some money out of um, the the visitors that are there. And I'm sure to tell the tales of what used to happen. And, of course, it is uh, very much a location that is still used by many ghost hunting teams. Yes, and uh, they can hire it to run investigations. I am so jealous of what um, England and America have access to, to be able to run events. We are so limited here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. We do have a number of uh, sites here in Newcastle that could really benefit from retelling the history in a more evocative and interesting way, Mm. and yet they don't. They they don't. Um, Their doors are not open to us, which is a real shame. And it could be making them some money to mm-hmm. to help with their cause as well. Yeah, yep. But we will be there. I think on the eleventh of April is the evening that we're there, and uh, we've booked for dinner. You'd be pleased to know I booked us in for dinner. We are going to have more than a cup of soup that night, mm-hmm. um, because I know a lot of these places now, because of the Rona restrictions, that you must pre-book um, so that they can. Uh, work out how many people they can have in that space at the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did pre-book us a meal at 6.30pm and then they have said to us that uh, they don't have a room that has two separate beds. So we either have to share a bed or they said you can have a room each if you want. Oh, my God. For the same price? For the same price. Oh, my God. And it's this one's not badly priced. It was, I think, eighty pound. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which I mean, still expensive for a hotel room for us, mm-hmm. but I I think that's amazing. Yes, we can do a stream yard where we're both in a separate room together. Oh yes, we can. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But will we stay in that room all night by ourselves, or will we end up running back to each other, going, "I can't sleep in there by myself." It's I don't know. Too much. Too I much. don't know. I don't know. But that that means if there is nobody else there, we've got. The run of the upstairs yes. to do a hallway. We could do a hallway yeah. investigation. Oh, we love our hallway investigations. Now, before I let you go um, and tell a little bit about the ghosts of the Skirid Inn, do you know what the word Skirid actually means? Uh, all I can think of is something you leave in your undies when you're scared. <laughs> Close. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a Welsh word that means shiver. 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 So it's nothing to do with sh- no, poop. No, 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 it's, it's it's shiver. I wonder if it's because it's cold. Uh, no, it's to do with when uh, Jesus Christ was actually um, uh, hanged on the cross, right. and they were putting the nails into his hands and feet. Oh yes. And apparently, the there's a tale that says the mountain mm-hmm. um, cracked open. Oh. And that's where it sort of gets its name from. Well, it's I one mountain that's called the Big Shiver and then another mountain that's called the Little Shiver. My job in this next segment is to tell you about the ghosties at mm-hmm. the Skirid Inn. And, but I want to tell you first a little bit about the countryside, about the Skirid Mountains. So they're known as Holy Mountains because, as you said, it's got that connection with that Christ legend. Um and they, they say that the land is particularly fertile and blessed and that uh, some people would come in and they'd take handfuls of dirt and throw it out into their crops or into the foundations of their new house or their church for good luck and protection. And also they would um, take some of the soil and scatter it onto the coffins of loved ones mm-hmm. as they passed, isn't it? It's just sort of a bit of a Dracula legend there, isn't it? Because they remember he had to have the soil of his homeland, homeland or something mm-hmm. to be able to travel across the water. Um, so, yeah, that 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 was an interesting one. Um, and there was somebody who wrote uh, that said it was so holy that no snail or worm could live in it. Uh, there is even talk that some people may have taken some of the soil to America with them to start their new homes when they left the country. Mm. Uh, now, there is another legend which is not so holy that is associated with the said mountains, and that is the, uh, the devil trying to seduce St. Michael, or, uh, the Archangel Michael. So um, apparently Satan got out his tassels and said, come on, Michael, let's have a go. (laughs) Apparently Michael rolled his eyes at that and said, no way, Satan, and refused him. So Satan decided to have a tanty about that. Mm -hmm. So Satan stamped his foot on Skirid Mountain, which caused a huge piece that's missing from the top. Right. Because if you have a look at it, it sort of goes up and then it comes down a little bit, goes across up a little bit, and it looks like something's impressed on the top mm-hmm. and squished it down. Um, and there's another devil story. Yes. Oh, we like a devil story. Um, apparently somewhere up there, and I'm not prepared to go hiking to find it, I'm just going to say that right now, 
there is a distinctive stone that is known as the Devil's Table. Uh huh. Yeah, and the end of the 19th century, so that's the 1800s, isn't it? Late 1800s, that's when spiritualism was kicking off and and Ouija boards and mediums and stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there was a wizard-like man that lived there and folk would seek him out, placing their money on that stone in exchange for his advice and magic. And it was also believed at night time you could hear this person roaring like a bull. It was all okay until that bit. You could have said, oh, that's a druid. (coughs) Could have been. Yeah. Uh, Now, there is another story uh, about the the mountain being damaged by a local giant. Yes. So there was giants apparently in Wales. Yes, yes. All all over the United Kingdom there were giants. So I don't hear much about giants in the – I know there was the the one about – what's the one where they – Gulliver's Travels or whatever it was, and there was a giant in that. But I don't hear much about giants apart from Harry Potter. Um, and there's also some that say a wizard by the name of Jacko Kent or Jackie Kent was up that way. That might be the same one that was um, near the devil's table. Um, said the chief joy was to make the devil look foolish. One day he had an argument with the devil over which mountain was more prominent, the nearby Sugarloaf. And we've got a Sugarloaf. Hello. We've got a sugarloaf mountain here. We do. Here. <laughs> we do. Or the Malvern Hills. So in one version of this story, Jack jumped off the sugarloaf onto the skirred, creating the vast footprint in the side with his heel. That makes him a bloody big giant. Mm. Giant of a man. Even Hagrid would be dwarfed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in another version, Jack... Uh, because Jack was correct that Sugarloaf was the larger of the two, the devil gouged a chunk off the top of Skirret and added it to the top of Malvern to make it look higher. So there, take that, Jack. <laughs> um, as he did so, he tripped, dropped the earth, creating the smaller one. Remember you were talking yes. about the smaller one? Yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently there's also three standing stones nearby Trelec, which are said to have been thrown there by Jack O'Kent during a game of coits. <laughs> <laughs> Having tossed them to try and get them on the top of Skirret, these that was his uh, quits. <laughs> oh, aren't they delightful stories? They are. They are beautiful awesome. stories about you know the countryside and the the spiritual connection. But there's also um, some local le- legends about um, little devils or sprites or imps mm-hmm. that you had to appease, otherwise they'd get up to mischief. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that the place where the um, the owner leaves something out for the... Yes. So every night, the mm-hmm. landlord of the Skirred Inn puts out the devil's cup on the inn doorstep filled with ale to appease the devil or spirits that should come to the door. So far, this nightly ritual has ensured that all guests visiting the ancient pub can do so without care. And so the tradition carries on. Each night, some of the ale that is offered is missing. And there's some drunk poppy dogs. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Above the fireplace is a little shelf where the devil's brew, a pot of ale for his satanic majesty, is reserved. Now, this devil brew is actually heard throughout um, quite a few of the uh, myths and legends uh, in this area. And it seemed to be, um, even in houses, they would leave out this devil's brew. But sometimes it was a jug of milk for something called um, a puka. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, they'd either put it on the doorstep or they'd put it on the mantelpiece, appeasing the mischievous mischievous sprites who might otherwise indulge in a nocturnal prank. Mm -hmm. I've got a frog in my throat there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that that was another one of the fairy beliefs. Oh, the, the, oh, oh. I can't wait to go there and actually, and look, you might have heard of Puck in Shakespeare's play. I think this the Pucker mm-hmm. was based on this Puck because it's a mischievous spirit. If you mm-hmm. don't leave the stuff out, then they will create mayhem. But we need to get on to the actual ghosts within the um, the skirid. The skirid. So. Uh, as we were saying, there was a courtroom there uh, and a lot of the ghosts are connected to that courtroom because of that hanging judge. There was supposed to have been 182 executed in the building. So there is that winding staircase that we will probably have to carry all our freaking bags up where they were supposed to drop the bodies and hang them inside the skirt in. Yes, yes. So and the rope is still hanging there apparently. Oh, I bet it's the original from the 1100s or oh, no, the 1600s. Sorry, oh, I think it must be. <laughs> we'll take a photo anyway. Oh, there, there will be many photos for sure. <laughs> but look, there's a story here of the first night that they spent um, when they bought the pub. Um, they were sleeping in a big four-poster bed. So I wonder if that's one of the ones we're going to be in. And Sharon complained that something was tugging on her leg. Um. Hubby, hubby, there's something chunk just just tugging on my leg. Apparently, it happened several times during the night. And they kept turning on the lights to try and work out what it was, but there was nothing there. They barely slept, but they found out afterwards what used to happen if somebody was hung and they was hanged. Sorry, did I get it right? Hanged. Yes. And they weren't hanged correctly. Yeah that the relatives would go up to the person who was strangling and they would tug on their legs to break their neck. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. That's a bit freaky, isn't it? I'm worried if anyone's tugging my leg in the middle of the night. There was also uh, the grandson tried to go to the toilet, came back complaining that the man in the long dress won't let me in. (laughs) Oh, Um, no. There was nobody else in there at the time. Uh, no, not even Sharon was there. Um, apparently, the, this fella um, who is now the owner made his grandson hang on till, he, till she came back. Um, they've seen uh, a coachman-like character in a tricorn, haut, uh, tricorn hat standing on the porch in broad daylight. Uh, customers see glasses and their change flying off the bar, unexpected cold spots in the room. One woman has an unseen presence whispered and then roar in her ear. And then there's the barmaid Fanny Price, who died of consumption and is buried in the local churchyard, who has been spotted frequently. And people say that they can smell lavender just before she appears. Oh, so we, we all like, we like the smell of lavender, don't we? We know what we? she's keeping fresh. <laughs> we do. We do. And we thank Christy's magical moments for that one. You're going to have to listen to the Spooky Sundays podcast to catch up on what that is. Mm. But look, that's some of the stories um, that we're going to have the chance to explore when we go to the Skirid Inn. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. We're moving along on our tour of the UK. We have left Cornwall, Glastonbury, all of that area. We've travelled up. We've just 
stopped for a minute and jumped over into Wales where they don't speak any language whatsoever. <laughs> but all they languages speak at the once. alphabet in every single <laughs> yep, letter. They do. Uh, then we've come back Word. over. We've yep. come back over. Yep. So we've been to the Skirred Inn. Yep. Yep. We've come back over and we've kind of gone east. And up. And up. Uh, and we are stopping at Nairsborough. And Nairsborough is one of those places where you kind of drive through and you think, this place isn't real. This place is somewhere that you'd find in photographic magazines. And this is spelled with a K-N-A-R, yeah. isn't it? Nairsborough, yeah. yeah. It's like, I just, I'm looking at it and it's just so picture perfect, I don't believe so it's, it's real. So it's like a postcard. It is. And everyone's gardens are immaculate. We wouldn't be allowed to live there. No. <laughs> and there's this amazing sort of viaduct thing that you sort of see in the distance that's part of the Nairsborough um, landscape. Oh, is it part of the Harry, Harry Potter thing? where they come? Why am I obsessed with Harry yeah, Potter today? I don't today? know. I don't know. Um, but there's a pub at the end of oh, that. That sounds good. Um, that is called The World's End. Oh, yeah, we've had a drink there. It's awesome, awesome little pub, so we can go and have a drink there. Yeah. But underneath there is like this forest walk. And at the end of the forest walk, you get to a place called Mother Shipton's Cave. Mm. Now, Mother Shipton's Cave is actually the oldest tourist attraction in the world. Oh, wow. And you've we've been trying to get me to it. Yes, for the last two trips, yeah, and it just, just didn't it, happen. Yeah, it, it shuts during that um, autumn winter season. During the season that we normally go in, which yeah, is the cheap season. The cheap season, yeah. <laughs> now we know why. Yeah. Uh, and so Mother Shipton, um, her real name was Ursula South Hill or South Tell or South Tile, which however you, well, you want just to say. Just say it quickly, say yep. South Tull. Yeah. Um, and she lived around 1488, so it's a long time ago. Yeah, and um, she was known as Mother Shipton, and she was said to have been a, a soothsayer or a prophetess. Oh, and she lived in this cage, uh, this cave, her whole life because mm-hmm. she was born um, as a very ugly child, and um, you know lots of things happened to her in the process. Oh, and the poor she, darling. She ended up going and living in this cave. Um, so she is often described as a witch and is associated with folklore involving the origin of the Rollwright Stones in Oxfordshire. Oh. Yeah, we've been to we've the been there. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Where the king's men, uh, the king and his men were trans um, transformed into stones yes. after failing a test. We were oh, there. Yes, we walked around there. We did. Oh, it was awesome. And then we went down to the because there's a couple. There's the ring, and then you got to walk down to the other part as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Mother Shipton was born Ursula Southall uh, in fourteen eighty eight to another to a fifteen year old. What? Yeah, called Agatha uh, Southall. But I think that's that's what they did back then. Mm. They were breeding very quickly and marrying. Yeah. Um, And she was born in a cave in North Yorkshire outside the town of Nesborough. The earliest sources of the legends of her birth and life were collected in 1667 Mm -hmm. um, by an author who wrote all these things down. Now, she was born allegedly uh, in the midst of a violent thunderstorm. And she was born deformed and ugly and born with a hunchback and bulging eyes. Oh, darling. Yeah. Now, the sources also state that Shipton cackled instead of crying after having been born. And as she did so, the previous raging storms ceased. 
Mm. So the pictures that you see of the Wicked Witch yeah. with the hook nose. The bulbous nose and warts. And the deformed, and that's Mother Shipton. Oh, so they've based it on her. They've based it on her. Yep. But she wasn't wicked. No, she wasn't. No. Um, the true story of Ursula's father is unknown and Agatha uh, – uh, um, yeah, Agatha refuses to talk about or refused to talk about him or reveal who he was. She probably got paid yeah. out. Other than possibly it was someone local and someone who may have been rather um, well to do. Yes. So her mother was probably raped. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was scandalous for this 15 year old to have this child. So she literally went into this forest mm-hmm. to have this child and had this child um, always in a, a place where few people could see her. Yeah. The issue was that Ursula could have visions oh. and she could foretell the future. And when this got out to the local people, people would line up to have their fortunes told. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't just the local people. Kings and queens from all over England would come to have their fortune told. Yeah. And she was a straight shooter. So she would actually say to kings, you're not going to win this war. Yeah, her middle name was Renata. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to win this war. you know. And so that would piss some of these people off. And they would slag off at her, not pay her, mm-hmm. which then meant that she would curse them. Yes. <laughs> and deservedly so. And deservedly so. But so she lived this life of a soothsayer, a prophetess, all of this sort of stuff. Now, some of her um, foresight, foretelling is written down and you can actually check it. It's written down. Wow. Um, and I oh, know they, they saw tea towels with... <laughs> With this information, oh, I know it's all Steve, Steve, we've found your present. You're getting a tea towel from Mother Shipton's cave. Oh, bless her. But there is this amazing um, space that is where the cave is and um, there are waters that run through limestone rocks and people come and they bring items and they put them in this flowing water and limestone crystallises over the top of it. And in a few months, you get this stone item. Oh, wow. Um, which you can – so in, in this sort of area before the cave, they've got all these things hanging like bicycles and teddy bears and everything. Um, they also sell these items as well. Yeah. So the, the people there will hang them up from the store and then yeah, yeah. cut them down and you can sell, you buy them. But they're all oh, blessed. They're all blessed by these waters, right? they're not right? cheap. They're not cheap, but they're, you know. You've got to consider if, they've yeah. been there for quite some time yeah, to be made. Yeah. But the cave itself, I've sat in that cave and they've got this, um, you know, statue of Mother Shipton in the corner. And you can sit there and you can kind of listen to the history. The history gets played over and over and over. Um, and it's this most amazing place to just sit quietly in there with her and um, take in this myth, this legend. Yeah. My one concern for all of this is we're going during school holidays. Yeah, I know. That look, when when Gail and I went, yeah. it was a rainy day. 
Yeah. And when we walked in, there was nobody. There was just us. And yeah. we thought, this is awesome, absolutely awesome, right? And we've gotten to this point where we're looking out at this lake. We've just gone for this beautiful walk through the forest and there are little bits and pieces of statues and things that you can find in the forest as you walk through. It's absolutely delightful. And we get to this spot. We're just about to go into the cave and this Mother and father roll up with this screaming child (laughs) who just screamed the whole time they were there. And if our looks could have killed... I'm I'm surprised (laughs) Gail didn't do something about it. That child would not have lasted long because talk about destroying (laughs) the ambience. But look... It, it is life. what it is. That's life. And You've got a great story out of it. You're going to enjoy being there. Yeah. And look, I won't know any different because I haven't anything to compare it with. So yeah. I will enjoy it no matter what. Uh, have you got anything else for us on that one? Mm. Is there other shopping in the area? Yes, there's, there is. Um, uh, you can go up into Nesborough. Like I said, we've got to have a drink at um, the World's End. Yep. And there is uh, the remnants of a castle there as well, which mm-hmm. is beautiful, delightful. Mm-hmm. And we need to also just have a drive around mm-hmm. so that you can see how how amazing this place is. Mm-hmm. It's oh. like it's been completely decorated and like the, the gardens have been all like done. I wonder if they have like a, a, a marshal or something that goes around and, and leaves a note saying, you're not up to scratch. I don't know. We'd, we would not survive. It's perfection. Yeah, you and I just would not survive in that yep. area. We'd be thrown out. All right. Um, all right. After this, we're going to now go to the Sheffield Airbnb that we're staying at, which is in a cemetery. Now it is my turn to take you to the Sheffield Airbnb where we made friends with the BB Breakfast Show, BBC Breakfast mm-hmm. Show. Aren't they going to take us to like the devil's asshole or something? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, but we've got to get in touch with them and let them know that we're coming. Um, anyway, so let me read out to you what the listing is. <laughs> oh, I'm a little bit worried. Hey, remember us? You're going to take us to the devil's asshole. <laughs> it is actually a local place. It is, yeah. And um, he was amused when we said we were going to places around Sheffield and one of them, he said, well, what's some of the names you've got? And I said, oh, Penis Stone. <laughs> he's gone, yeah, that was me. Stone. <laughs> and he's gone, oh, Peniston. <laughs> no, we call it Penis Stone because it sounds so much better. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. let me tell you about the Airbnb. This is what <laughs> this is. Oh, she, she's got the giggles oh, now. No. This is what's written down yep. in the Airbnb. Um, what do you call it? Listing. Yep. Okay. The Sexton's Lodge is the portico of the Grade Two listed gatehouse to Sheffield's General Cemetery. The accommodation has been furnished with original pieces. From the cemetery. No, lighting and antiques from the 19th century, and we hope it offers a comfortable base for your stay in Sheffield. It is within a short distance of the city centre, close to Eccles Road, with a good choice of restaurants and bars within five minutes' walk of Sharrow Vale, within, with its range of quirky independent shops, cafes, restaurants, and pubs. The space. The Sexton's Lodge comprises a living dining room, small well-equipped kitchen, shower room and a bedroom. We have taken care to source everything in the lodge from local shops, suppliers and tradespeople. Oh, I like it. Our volunteers have created a small and simple private gravel garden 
in the cemetery <laughs> with a few dead bodies. What? No, what they with, bother with an old bench for you to enjoy. <laughs> the garden is south oh. facing, so enjoys the sunny aspect. The lodge has underfloor heating. Oh, that's a bit very, very nice. And a thermostatic wall control in the bedroom. Oh. The bedroom has twin beds. Yay! Which can be made up as individual beds or a super king size. We're going for separates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have compiled a collection of books on the local history, blah, 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 blah. They've also got board games for us to play and we can park on the street for £4.50 a day. What the <laughs> hell? What? <sighs> Our volunteers doing con- conservation work are based at the gatehouse, so when they are working, you may experience some noise and activity as they gather their equipment to start work. Better not be too early in the morning. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so that that's what it says about the little little <laughs> sexton's cottage. <laughs> this is going to be so good. <laughs> oh, I, I just want to oh. know, can we get into the cemetery at night and wander in our jammies? So it was the first non-conformist cemetery. Oh, what does that mean? Well, I think it means that they weren't, um, you didn't have to be a specific religion to be there or they didn't put you in a particular spot according to your religion. Mm -hmm. They have Greek, Doric and Egyptian style buildings. Oh, of Architecture. The first burial was um, of Mary Ann Fish, (laughs) a victim of tuberculosis. Oh, poor baby. And an Anglican cemetery. With a chapel designed by William Flockton and a landscape laid out by Robert Marnock, was consecrated alongside the non-conformist cemetery <laughs> in 1846. And the wall, the wall that divided the unconsecrated and consecrated ground can still be seen today. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, boy. So... Uh, the reason why this cemetery was made was because they were running out of space to bury people. Mm-hmm. They, they just didn't have enough, so they built this one. Um, but in by 1916, the cemetery was rapidly filling up and running out of space. Burials and family plots continued through to the 50s, 60s, but in 1978, ownership of the cemetery passed to the Sheffield City Council and was closed to new burials. So in 1980, the council got permission by the Act of Parliament to clear 800 gravestones to make a recreation area. Let's make a park. Oh, no. Yeah, this is why I'm I'm fascinated by the information I found out about this. All right, through the 1980s and 1990s, most of the rest of the cemetery was left untouched, becoming overgrown and an important sanctuary for local wildlife. We might get squirrels. We might get critters. We might get a batcher. Unfortunately, <laughs> many, unfortunately, many of the buildings also fell into disrepair. In early 2003, work began to restore the gatehouse, uh, funded by half a million pound grant, uh, and they're using money from the Heritage Lottery Fund. Oh, nice. Isn't that great? So mm. gambling money mm-hmm. is being put in to restore this place. The restored gatehouse now offers uh, house. Sorry, the restored gatehouse now houses the offices of the Sheffield General Cemetery Trust. In October 2021, the trust opened an Airbnb in part of the gatehouse to raise money for its ongoing conservation aims. Yes, isn't that awesome? So we're going to be contributing yes. to this. Fabulous sight by look, staying there. And look, these people are so ahead of the times. I am so impressed. Um, 
Oh, there, there was a couple of other things I wanted to mention. They have events there. Oh, really? They have events. This one, Death Cafe with Penny Merritt. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of Life Doula, Penny Merritt will be hosting our second Death Cafe here at the Samuel Worth Chaff- Ch- uh, Chapel at the Sheffield General Cemetery at a Death Cafe. Cafe- I need to put my teeth in. At a death cafe, people, often strangers, gather to eat cake, drink tea and discuss death. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that, you know there is a death cafe in Newcastle? I didn't know there was one in Newcastle. I knew there was one in Sydney. There is. There's one in Newcastle. Ah. Our objective is to increase awareness of death with a view to helping people make the most of their finite lives. A death cafe is a group uh, directed discussion of death with no agenda objectives or themes so it's really a grief support counseling session yeah isn't that fabulous yep but then it gets better Mm -hmm. they have stargazing in the cemetery awesome they have joined us for our very first stargazing in the cemetery event where you learn the basics and get hands-on with telescopes We'll, we'll be hosting this event in the atmospheric Samuel Worth Chapel. Oh, we're going to have to visit this chapel. This is probably the Anglican one that's on consecrated ground. <laughs> we will be serving cakes, hot drinks, wine, beer, soup and rolls. Oh, my God. In the cemetery. In Isn't the that cemetery. Awesome? Oh, the evening consists of three talks, a guide to the ten best things to look at in the night sky, an introduction to the different types of telescopes and binoculars, and an introduction to the Sheffield Astronomical Society. And I bet you the people that go there, I can tell you exactly what they look like. And the men wear vests. I can, <laughs> I can guarantee you. And the kids have all got beanies on <laughs> and hand-knitted gloves. Um, no, look, this is just astounding. And this all goes makes money for this place. Yep, yep. But the one thing that I discovered uh, that is going to titillate Renata. Oh, what? What? I found what? they've got catacombs. <gasps> I knew oh. it! <laughs> oh, no! Oh. <laughs> they've got catacombs! <laughs> I wish you could see her face right now. <laughs> so excited! <laughs> at Sheffield Cemetery, um, the catacombs at Sheffield Cemetery, right? Um, uh, which is listed landscape on the English Heritage National Register of Historic Parks and Gardens. The work will look at the night. They're doing some work on it and conservation. Um, we'll look at the 19th century stone vaults, checking the impact of concrete structures added in the 1930s. More than 87,000 people have been buried at this cemetery, but they do. I'm just trying to find the other bit about the catacombs that we had there. They said that there'll be very little risk of disturbing the 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 burials during the work. Um, but they need to do some work. And they've actually got an archaeologist that will be on site to supervise uh, fixing up all of these sites and the catacombs. So whether we can get into them or not, I don't know, because mm-hmm. this work was going on not last year, the year before. So mm-hmm. it's, they've been at it a while. Mm-hmm. We could be fixed. We could be going down in a dark hole. We could. Dead bodies. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm so glad <laughs> I titillated you, Renata. <laughs> Oh, I, I feel like I need a cigarette after that. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, we will report back to you on, on the catacombs and Sheffield Cemetery. 
And of course, we have in studio our very special guest, Christy from Spells and Spirits. Hello, my sweet. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Long time no see. I know. It feels like it's only been like two minutes. Mm. Now, what have you got for us tonight? <laughs> so tonight I'm talking about the magic. Right, she's got the paper of protection to put up in front of us. <laughs> she can't look at us. <laughs> we're, we're very, we're just such gorgeous women that she gets overwhelmed and has a bit of a flush. I know. It's really hard. Tonight I'm talking about the magical properties of nuts. <laughs> now I know why she put the paper of protection up. <laughs> what sort of nuts, Christy? Well, we're going to talk about nut magic. Oh, I like a bit of nut magic. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> we may lose Renata on this segment, but that's okay. So tell me, what are the best sort of nuts? Well, nut magic can be used to infuse additional power to any kind of spell. Moreover, nut magic will have some desired result due to the fact that, you know, like herbs and trees and plants and that all have their magical energy stored within. Um, So do nuts. (laughs) So each nut really has – I'm just going to ignore you. Each nut has its own magical properties. So nuts are are natural talismans infused with Mother Nature's powers and incorporates the earth's touch. Renata's totally lost it. We are such such (laughs) 12-year-olds. Oh, my God. If I only said penis, it would really tip him over the edge. She's gone. That's all right. I'm professional. I can hold this together. So the good thing about nuts is they are affordable and easy to use. While each nut has its own specific properties, in general, I can't. I need need white and paper. The A4's not cutting it. I can see both of them now. Sorry. Oh, no, I've got Apologise, Renata. I'm sorry. <laughs> so nuts in general are used in magical undertakings to do with healing, fertility, empowerment, money and prosperity, good luck, career and employment spells, love spells and protection. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. But. Now, hazelnuts are um, used uh, widely in Europe um, in old folk magic. So, yes, yes, nuts have been used for a really long time. So is an acorn a nut or a seed? Acorn is, um, can go under a nut. Right, okay, because mm. I know the squirrels like them. Mm. And they're, they're quite used for magical properties, I think. Yes, acorn magic. So just, I guess, we'll cover just some of the basic nuts that you can just pick up in any supermarket. <laughs> Yep, go right ahead. So almonds. She's done this on purpose. She she has, she has done this on purpose. She she knows our weakness. <coughs> almonds. It's a nut which corresponds to the power of fire and spring. So keeping an almond in your pocket is to believe to help you locate lost items like your sanity. <laughs> They're also yes. really good for indigestion. <coughs> they are fabulous. Really? Indi- yeah, when I um was pregnant with Alex. I had the worst indigestion possible and I really didn't want to take uh, medications as such. So um, they suggested almonds. I used to keep almonds in my pocket and just every time I felt that that sickness and indigestion kicking in, I would nibble on a nut and it just distracted me. That that reminds (laughs) me of an ad, Nibble Nobby's Nuts. That's what got you into this in the first place, Anne, the nuts. (laughs) The what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get a tissue because I'm laughing too much. All right, so just yep. just to break it down, yes. almonds are good to help you lo- locate lost items and it is thought to bring good luck. Yes, yep. What All else? All right, chestnuts. So this old chestnut, 
is believed to amplify fertility and success. Mm-hmm. They are carried by women who want to conceive. So maybe you had Keep those nuts. things away from us. Yeah. <laughs> it's all dried up anyway. Yes. <laughs> So, moreover, chestnuts are carried for anyone who wants to achieve success in their business. Chestnuts are believed to bring money and prosperity to the ones who bear them. Oh, very nice. Chestnuts. Yes. I don't like the taste of chestnuts. I've tried them. I don't like them. I don't either. It's a bit of a chestnut pasty thing. They don't like you either. Mm. That's okay. They don't, no. So, as Renata said, hazelnuts. So, this tree was considered a living source of wisdom and hazelnuts are a powerful tool for creativity and inspiration. So, it's believed that hazelnut trees grew near near sacred sites and magical places. So, what is it? Like holy holes or... Uh, Sacred... Sacred bush and holy holes. Yeah, sacred bush and holy holes. Yeah, so look out for some hazelnut trees over there. So, brides were often given hazelnuts for good luck and fertility. So carrying a hazelnut with you will help you attract spiritual teachers and magic. Okay. And hazel was actually used mm. to make a lot of magic wands. Very nice. Mm. I like that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep going. What else we got? And the last one. Oh, have no, to use the paper. She's protection. using the paper. This is not going to be good. Peanuts. All right. Oh, just peanuts. Plain old peanuts. Peanuts. So they're used to bring in opportunities and prosperity. So peanuts are used as a powerful wealth-attracting amulet. Oh, okay. Yeah. And our last one, walnuts. Um, so walnuts are a great, I guess they're a more precious charm of nature. So they they bring forth what you desire. So there is a little spell that you can do with a walnut. So you can crack a walnut open, um, pick out the actual walnut and break it in half, put one half back in the mal- walnut, And then you can write your intention on a piece of paper like, I attract more money. Fold up the piece of paper and put it back into the walnut with the other half of the nut. Close the nut, wrap it up in some red cord, and you can seal it with some wax. Um, And you can eat the other half of the walnut. I know that um, the walnut is also used to do with uh, uh, intelligence and um, learning and things because it looks like a brain. Yeah, so there's a whole branch of magic, well, I guess more in herbalism to do with um, how things look and yeah. what they, you know, are used for. So, yeah, so walnut for brains and there's a, um, can't think of what it's called, but there's a plant that looks like a hand or something yeah, like yeah. that. So. What do they, that they call it when you substitute, so like you want to um, travel and fly everywhere, so you'll get a feather to put into your spell. It's, um, I forget what it is. Sympathetic. That's the one, yeah. sympathetic magic. Yeah. So Anne knows a couple of things, mm-hmm. not yeah. many. Yeah. But yes, so with your walnut, then you can carry the walnut around with you um, or you can bury the walnut in your yard. Oh, very nice. Yes. I'm so, so glad there was no yoni egg jokes in there with no, the nuts because no. that could have been really bad. No. Mm. Yep. Mm. Mm. I love nut juice. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just yeah. trying to milk him is hard though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you can't see what she's doing. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for this week's episode on nuts. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. We're at the end of the show. Can you believe that, Renata? Mm. Yet again, another show done and dusted. Yeah, and by this stage, we would have been away for about seven days. Yeah. Which seems like a lifetime when you're on the road. 
and we have tried to we would have tried at this point in time to pack in so much in that seven days that we're going to be absolutely exhausted. Yeah, we're going to get tired at some sort. We need this is the problem. We don't put in any time, any downtime, and it's a mistake. And we do it every time. We say, "Oh, we'll have some downtime," but there is so much to see. Yeah, you don't want to waste a minute, and because it's so precious to be over there. Yeah, and knowing what. We've just gone through for the past two years of not being able to travel at all. Yep. It makes every second even more precious. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to try and fit in as much as we can. We're going to go to all of our naughty sites. Uh, so you all have to um, join us on YouTube and on uh, our Anne and Renata Frightfully Good Facebook page to check on all the naughty sites that we go to. So there'll be signposts with us standing there with our fingers pointing to them going, we're here right now and this is where we hope that people haven't stolen the signposts yes because apparently that happens quite often absolutely and then we end up at a random corner with no signage <laughs> going what do we do now <laughs> just wasted 30 minutes getting here yeah we'll go find a cup of coffee yeah. <laughs> no it'll be fine it'll be fantastic yeah so um i hope you've enjoyed it once again Follow us on YouTube, and if you do happen to watch any of our YouTube shows, could you please hit that like button, because that helps us with the algorithm, and and YouTube then goes, oh, people are enjoying this, Mm. and we'll share it around a little bit more, and if you could write a comment and tell us what your favourite thing about it was, that helps us even more. Absolutely. Um, And you can go back, if we've done a live feed, you can go back and watch it, and uh, put a hashtag replay, and then we'll know that you've put that comment in afterwards, you've gone back, and uh, once again, make sure you're subscribed. Hit the bell so you get notified when we're going live. Although you might not want that dinging in the middle of the night, but I mean, you will have your phone on silent during the night anyway. But uh, yeah, no, and they'll be waiting for our live. They'll well, be going. It's two o'clock in the morning. They'll be on have, any minute. We do have people that do that in America yes, for our shows. Yes, and we last time we were in England, we did have people who were up at two o'clock in the morning watching our lives. Yeah, and it's people like us who just can't sleep. That's true. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. We will be back next Sunday with more treats, more stories, more excitement about our, uh, what's our road trip called? The uh, Naughty and Nice, Frightfully Good (laughs) Road Trip. I thought it was the the Naughty and Haunted Road Trip, but that's okay. (laughs) The naughty, I frightfully can't, I can't naughty. Have, no, have, there have, cannot be another T-shirt in this. They just can't. <laughs> but we've got that other T-shirt, which I, I hope people ordered because that's it. It's a very limited edition. It will be. But ladies and gentlemen, we need to get this done. So thank you for being with us. We'll see you on the dark side and... Stay spooky. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm only on Newcastle Live.